You're listening to Recap.fm's coverage of the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Today we're talking about the third episode titled Open Wide, O Earth. I'm JD. I'm Seal. Did you watch it? So this episode picks off, picks up right where we left off. At the end of last episode, the flashlights were going out. They're trying to drain the water tanks. Are they successful? Are they going to make it? They did. They did, yeah. Spoiler alert, Spoiler. they made it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's how it's so it turns out they had the little, they also had the little hand crank flashlights. Yeah, I remember those back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I had one where he like squeezed it a bunch. Yeah, that's what they had. They had the yeah. one where you squeeze it. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. squeeze, squeeze. squeeze. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the big was... battery powered ones died because of the radiation. Yeah. It's yeah. a pain in the ass uh, dealing with those, but I mean, I guess it that always works. So the one guy figures out, oh yeah, and he lights his up and then he points at it and the other two are like, oh yeah, and then they all... Yeah. And so for the rest of the time they're under there, they're yeah, just squeezing the whole time. Yeah. So they've drained the basement, which is great. Small victories. Congratulations. However, they're immediately informed that the nuclear meltdown has begun. And that nuclear meltdown threatens to contaminate the groundwater, which is significant because that groundwater feeds into this river, which feeds into another river, which affects about 60-something million people. Yeah, it goes into the Black Sea. Right. Serious. Serious. So, they come up with a plan, though. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to create a heat exchanger under the plant, which will stop the nuclear meltdown, which means the groundwater won't get contaminated. Yay! That's a great idea. Let's do it. Fantastic idea. How do we do this? Well, we need some miners, people who are good at mining, at digging. We need a big hole, and we have to dig it from far away, and we need to dig it deep underneath the plant so that we can put all of the liquid nitrogen in the Soviet Union in there to cool it off. Yeah. I love that's how the heat exchanger is going to work. That's what it's going to run off of is liquid nitrogen. And it's, oh, how much do you need? Well, all of it. Okay. And Gorbachev's like, okay, yeah. uh, Have we not made it clear that whatever you need, you get? And he's like, I understand. Why are you still here? He's like, well, I need your permission to kill about 400 men. Yeah. Do it. Make it so. So the miners are probably my favorite characters that we've had in the show. Oh, they're fantastic. Their leader, Glukov. (laughs) He's so awesome. So when we first meet him, they're telling jokes. And the joke that they tell, what is huge, really fuel inefficient, and cuts a sandwich into three pieces or whatever. A machine that Soviet made designed to cut it into four pieces. And they all just laugh. And everybody laughed. They're all in on the joke. Yeah, because they work with Soviet made They machinery. see through the, the BS. Um, They're greeted by the minister of... Whatever he is. Coal. The coal minister, yeah, right? Minister of Coal. And they all know who he is. And, and he's, he's in his nice dapper uh uh, uh um blue um suit. Yeah. There's a word for it though, but his pastel blue suit. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another word for suit that I'm unaware of? No, no, no. I was looking for the color. Oh, okay. I was like... I was I was fishing for the color. It was a pa- it's like this pa- nice dapper pastel blue. No, there's no, no, it's a suit. I was like, what is, is there another word for suit that I'm just not aware of? So he, he shows up and he's like, hey, how many guys do you have? Uh, on the day shift and night shift, about 400. Cool. Y'all are all coming with me 
and none of them move. They're like, what? And they start talking trash to each other, and the two soldiers with guns pull their guns, and they're like, hey, you can't talk to us that way. And he's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. You can start shooting all of us. You'll get a few, but the ones that you don't are going to beat the piss out of you, and you're going to wish that you'd have killed us all. It's really going to be bad. So tell us what's going to happen, or we're not going to go with you. Tell us why you need us. This seems to be a recurring theme in this show. Right. So the coal minister explains, okay, we're going to Chernobyl. We need to dig a big hole underneath. There's been an explosion. Millions of lives are at stake, and we need you guys to help save them. What are we going to do? I don't know. Why don't you know? They didn't tell me because I don't need to know. Do you need to know anymore? And they don't. They're like, okay, cool. We'll go do it. And I love when they're walking by, they put their coal hands on his suit and on his face. And like now you actually look like the minister of coal. And then when they show up at Chernobyl, they continue their straight shooterness. Um, and Shabina even warns like off. He's like, hey, just tell them the truth. I've dealt with miners before. What you need to do is just be honest with them because yeah. they can see through all of this mess. Mm-hmm. They could see right through it. And that's proven really accurate because when they show up, they all get gas masks. And Glukov goes in to talk to him and he's like, does this thing work uh, to a point? Uh, if it worked, you'd be wearing it. So I'm not going to wear it. I'm just not going to do it. And they explain to them the job. We need you to dig a hole 12 feet deep. Meters. Meters. 12 meters deep uh, from this far. And you need to do it in a couple weeks. Like, you need to move. And he's like, why 12 meters? For your protection. Is it really going to make a difference? No. Okay. Like, the entrance of the thing isn't going to be 12 meters deep. So, right. so what difference does it make? Right. Why are we doing this? Okay, cool. We'll go get started. Uh, we're going to get started right now, but we're going to need more men because we're going to work 24 hours a day because uh, I don't want my guys here. Well, he finds out they longer. have to do it by hand. Right, because they can't use any Be- equipment. No heavy machinery. Right. Because they don't want to shake the ground and cause any more problems. Right. And exacerbate the situation. So he says, all right, twice as many men. We work around the clock. We're going to start. And they said, yeah, you can start tomorrow. He goes, no, 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 we're going to start right now. Yeah, let's go. And then he puts his little gas mask on the table. I don't need this. Yeah, so I like the miners. Um, Love them. Yeah, and their willingness to do what needs to be done. Love it. So Ulana has another mission. She gets sent to the hospital in Moscow by Legasov, and he's like, hey, we need to know what happened. And so that this doesn't happen again for one, but for two – we need to know how bad it really is because we can't go into the reactor room. It's just not a good idea. We'd all die. So we need to know what happened so that we can fix the problem. So go interview all these people while they're still alive, which is, I wasn't prepared for the hospital scene. I just wasn't. I knew that it was going to be bad. I didn't know it was going to be as bad as it's it was. It's heart-wrenching. It's terrible because Ludmilla goes there too to see Vasily. And the nurses are like, okay, you can't be in the room for more than 30 minutes, and you can't touch him. And you go in there, and you see him, and he looks fine. He looks like him and his buddies who just got burned because they're firefighters, but they're going to be cool. Yeah. And then it's just in a downward spiral from there. It's just awful. 
There's no other word for it. He starts to lose all function. He starts to look transparent because they explain to us what happens, you know, like your cells basically liquefy. Your body just liquefies from the inside out. And so that's, yeah. So, uh, Ulana interviews, tries to interview Dyatlov, but him being the special kind of person that he is, like, if you didn't bring me a caviar and butter sandwich, I'm not going to talk to you, which sounds disgusting. It sounds awful. Caviar and butter. I don't mind caviar. I don't mind butter. I wouldn't eat them on a sandwich. But maybe I just don't know the finer things in life. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. So he's not any help at all. But she does get to actually talk to Toptonov and Akimov, who were the senior engineers kind of on duty there. And as she interviews them, what she finds out is really kind of disturbing. They initiated an emergency shutdown. Which they they were supposed to do. Right. They hit the button before it exploded. Not after. Before. Before. Which is not supposed to be possible. What's supposed to happen, you hit the emergency shutdown, everything's supposed to stop. Yeah. It drops the rods back, control rods back in all the way, and it shuts everything off. Right. And then everything cools back down, pressure comes down, the heat comes down. Mm-hmm. We're good. You're good. We, we've done. And it takes days to start it back up. And she doesn't believe them at first, but they are adamant. Like, they're like, hey, I'm dying. My life is over. I'm not fearing the fact that the KGB or that the authorities are going to come after me. I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. No, no, that's not it. I'm telling you what happened. This is what happened. And the more she talks to him, the more she starts to believe, okay? They're telling me the truth. This is what happened. They put the emergency, pushed the emergency shutdown button, and it didn't work. And it, then there was an explosion. Yeah. And a catastrophic failure happened after. Something's not right. Which goes against the entire design of the system. Mm-hmm. Not good. So, Ludmilla, not listening to nurse's advice, has been spending all her time with Vasily, touching him taking care of him. And not only that, she's pregnant. Yep. She lied, like, you're not pregnant, are you? No, I'm good. Well, she is. totally pregnant. Totally pregnant. And uh, Ulana sees Ludmilla in there with Vasily, and she loses her mind. She's like, what are you doing? Do you not understand the severity of the situation? None of you people get this, do you? You can't be behind the plastic. You can't be doing any of this. It's very dangerous. It's not safe for you to be here at all. And I'm going to tell Everybody. Right. Everybody. And this is when we get a glimpse into the fact that the KGB is following Legasov, Sherbina, and Ulana. Because Ulana says, everybody's going to know I'm going to report this, and everybody's going to know what's going on. And some random dude steps out, and everybody's going to know what? What are you going to tell everybody? What well, are they going to know? I am. Yeah, we know who you are. What are you going to tell everybody? Yeah. Ugh, that was a mistake. She should have kept her mouth shut. She kind of lost her cool a little bit, which is understandable because oh, yeah. of what's happening with Ludmilla. But still, um, she needs to watch what she's doing, especially in KGB uh, territory. So Sherbina and Legasov are having some conversations too. And Sherbina's like, hey, I understand that you're a little stressed right now. What you're saying, why don't we go for a walk? And they go for a walk out around the property and Sabrina points out to Legasov, okay, you see those people over there? Those are KGB. 
They've been following us this whole time. Why do you think I said, let's go take a walk? Because we're bugged. Everything's bugged. Our phone is bugged. Our room is bugged. They can hear everything that we say whenever we're anywhere where there's a building. And they're following us right now because they want to keep an eye on us. Yeah, and they, they've let us see them because they want us to know that they're here. Right. He's like, they've been here the whole time. We just didn't see them. Right. But they've decided that they want us to know that they're here for whatever reason. They're exercising their power in some weird way. A little. Sorry, I need to. My throat was a little dry. So they find out that uh, Ulana has been imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And this is not okay with Legasov. No. It's not okay at all. So they go to their next little meeting. And Shabina's like, okay, you need to toe the party line here. We are reaching dangerous territory. What you need to do is let me talk and give us like a positive update, which she does. And it's not untrue. Like the miners are making great progress. We're going to get this heat exchange thing going. Everything's great. The uh, water was drained, so there's not going to be a thermonuclear explosion. Things are looking up. And the legacy, I was like, okay, uh, KGB man. You captured one of my uh, coworkers. I need her. I need you to let her go. He's like, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, I'll take responsibility for her. Oh, you'll be responsible for whatever she says and does? I'll let her go. Okay, her name is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know who it is. I know who it is. It's like, okay, this dude was blowing smoke. Mm-hmm. And Sherbina is shocked, which is one of my favorite scenes, too. He's like, that went surprisingly well. <laughs> Came off as naive and stupid, which you are, which is great. Naive and stupid people are not a threat, not a threat at all. So, uh, congratulations, you've you've done it. So, but the main thing that they talk about at this meeting is the decontamination process that's going to have to happen after they get the heat exchanger. For a lot of kilometers around, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to dig up every tree, kill every animal. Just destroy everything so that it doesn't have any chance to spread out further than this certain uh, range that I forget how far it is, but it's significant. And they're going to have to start now. They're yeah, going to have to start because it's going to take years. Years. Liquidators are working. And they're going to have to build. And he says, yeah, and we have to build this containment structure over the reactor. Right. It's, it's contained right now, and the Santa Boron is kind of doing its job, but we need to do this, and we need to do it now. Okay, cool. That's the next step. I mean, oh, we forgot about the miners. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got to talk about the scene with the miners. So it's hot in the mine. It's yeah, you, dig, you dig underground, and it gets, it, it gets cool, and then you go further, and it gets hot. And there's a thermonuclear reactor. Right above them. Right above them, which is putting off a lot of heat. Yeah, a lot of heat. So they ask for fans, and like, now you can't have fans because it's going to blow this stuff in your lungs. You're already breathing it in, but we don't want to make it worse with fans, so sorry, can't do it. So they just decide to uh, dig naked. Yep, go commando. Yeah, but then we're wearing their hats. They're still wearing the hats. And the the, shoes. The little paper hats. (laughs) So, like I saw Mr. Bina get called out there, and they're like, what are you doing? Well, they wouldn't give us fans. So So, That's the way our fathers used to do it. Just all naked. It's fine. It's fine. We're cool. Uh, And he's like, but you're not as protected as you could be. And Glukov looks at him and he's like, is it really going to make a difference? And Legostov finally is honest. He's like, no, no. That's what I thought. Are these boys going to be taken care of mm. after this is over? And Sherbina, first time he's really honest too, says, I don't know. 
I just really don't know. Which Gukov looks at him and he's really, you could tell he's not happy about it, but he appreciates the honesty. Yeah. So that all these miners probably going to die and nobody's going to take care of them. And then we go back to the hospital and Ludmilla is standing there watching them bury her husband days after the accident. Days. days. Just days. And like being buried in a mass grave in a, in a lead, lead casket, just which is probably going to be covered by concrete. And it's just awful. Just awful to see the the rapid decay and decline from where he was days ago and how happy they were to one little incident. And it's just, he's gone and he suffered unnecessary and untold amounts of pain. I just can't imagine. And poor Ludmilla pregnant and she doesn't know what she's done either. Right. And And it's serious. And that's where the episode ends with, okay. Concrete filling the, Right. Yeah. We're making progress. We're getting to the point where we're going to, you know, maybe make the future okay, but we can't forget about what has already happened and the the loss of life, the unnecessary loss of life. The needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few. Or the one. Yeah. Because they straight up, I mean, the, the only way to deal with this problem is to throw a lot of bodies at it. You have to. You have to have boots on the ground. You have to have people physically dealing with this situation. Sure. The people that are going to physically deal with this situation are going to die. Right. Even even Legasov and, and, and Shabina. They know that with, they're with, in die. a few years they'll die. They, yeah. They're like he's, they're, they know. Well, we're not going to die from direct radiation poisoning, but we're going to get cancer and die. <laughs> it's going to kill us eventually. Yeah. It's going to either way. We're dead. Yeah. So, and they keep having to throw bodies at this thing. You know, last episode, well, we need permission to kill three men. Now they need permission to kill a few hundred. And they keep giving, they they continue to be given permission to do this. But how did you think, that's got to, how does that weigh on people? I mean, this got to just weigh heavily on not only them, but you see it, it's interesting, you see it even on Gorbachev. Sure. I mean, he's got the final word and he even, you can even see it he gives he gives the permission quickly. He says, "Do what must be done," but you can. He, there's this moment you can see it in his face, where his eyes and his face just kind of sink for a second, and you know it's weighing heavily on him. And yeah. man, how do you cope with a situation like that of such gravity, where it's just it, there's no? It's a. It feels like a no win situation. Yeah, that's really tough. But is it? But it. But ultimately, it is a win because you're saving tens of millions of lives. Well, and what makes what makes this situation even harder, and Legasov talks about it when him and Ulana are in her prison, he's like, you know, it may not have done this. It may not have reached the groundwater. It may not have done this, and I may have thrown 400 people's lives away for no reason. But I may, but if it was going to happen, I, I made the right decision. So the uncertainty... Makes it difficult as well, but it's it's hard to weigh the value of human life. It really is. These poor miners, they were just minding their own business, making a tough living, but an honest living, just mining coal, you know, which is going to kill them eventually anyway, uh, uh, based on the conditions that they were working in. But I don't know how you weigh that. 
uh, yeah, and, 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 and make that call on a, and that conversation you're referencing, she says, I give it 50, 50. And he's like, I, you know, I kind of give it 40, 60 or 60, right. 40. That's, Man, not, that's not that much better. It's, you know, it's, if it was 90, 10, like 90% yeah. is going to happen. Cool. But even then, you know, how do you, how do you decide, um, whose, whose life is more valuable? And, you know, at least they, at least they asked for volunteers right. to shut that valve off in the in the, the mining situation. They just rolled up on that mine and said, "Y'all are the closest group, so you're coming with us." And they did t- finally tell them, and it, they kind of made the decision on their own. Yeah, and which I think helps helps to soften the blow for sure. But I think I think in the long run, the needs of the many do outweigh the needs of the few. But I don't know who is the one that gets to judge who are the few and who are the many. Yeah. That's, that's really an uncomfortable decision to have to make. And if you're in leadership, it's one of those tough leadership calls that you got to make, but that doesn't, I don't envy that call. I don't envy that call at all. What do you think about, uh, Vasily's wife? Um, in, in, from the standpoint of kind of the same thing, but not, her acting as if the needs of the one outweigh the many. She knows she's pregnant. She's been told the danger, but she goes and has contact with him and just basically completely ignores it and acts like everything's fine. Right. And in her, I mean, obviously she's, you know, grieving and worried and scared and all those things. But how do you, I mean, you're about to be a parent. How do you, how do you, how can you make a decision like that? See her. How can her you put your kid in danger that way. Her interaction is the most aggravating thing to me because, I mean, she's been warned. Like she's been warned. Like, hey, you know, don't touch him. Don't spend more than thirty minutes. She doesn't care. And even Vasily's like, I knew you would find me. I knew you would go through all the red tape. You, nobody could stop you. But it's just like, come on, seriously. Like, like you said, it's it's one of those things. Like her needing to be with her husband. And her just blatantly ignoring warnings and multiple warnings and like, hey, this is what you need to do. It's not safe here. It's just not at all. And I don't know. That that whole situation just aggravated me to see her totally disregard what everybody was telling her because she just didn't care. She's like, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. On the one hand, I get it. But on the other hand, I'm, I, it did bother me. Yeah. It's like, just, just. I get wanting to see your husband and say goodbye. And when she said, hey, I don't want him to die, to die alone, that's fine. Stay outside the plastic, okay? He's in plastic now. He's dying. He's not ever going to get up from this bed. Stay outside the plastic. She goes right inside the plastic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I've, we've already told you. What do we have to do to, to get it to sink in? He's not safe. He's not your husband anymore. He's totally something different now. Yeah, just frustrating to me. But I, like you said, I could see... Like, if my wife was laid up like that, it would be difficult for me to do that. You know, and I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking like, oh, it's black and white, clear as day, which it's not. But, I mean, I would like to think that I would be like, okay, they, they've they warned me the severity of this. I need to be, take it serious. Mm-hmm. And that leads us right into, that scene leads us right into the next thing I want to talk about. This idea of this circle of accountability. Or... The KGB shows up, says, what are you going to tell everybody? And Lana gets arrested. And then we have the scene with Legasov and the KGB head. And 
he's like, no, 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 you just don't understand this. We're not this big evil thing. We're here to keep each other accountable. And it's, that's what we are. We're this circle of accountability. Now, are you going to be accountable for her? And I guess it's this idea of, are we our brother's keeper? And where does that stop from, sure, I think we do hold, should hold one another accountable to a certain degree. That Because if you need, like, I need you to hold me accountable for things you need me. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a need on an interpersonal level for that because if left to our own devices, let's face it, we're going to run amok, right? Sure. But where does it go astray and become this forced thing and who decides, who should decide what you're to be held accountable for and what I'm to be held accountable for and how that happens? And so you all of a sudden have this state system this monster that's making all these decisions yeah that's a tough one because there are people in my life that i give permission to call me out on stuff and that's fine they're allowed to do that but uninvited i'm not a fan i don't if i don't know you and i'm not asking for your advice i don't want it if i don't want to hear from you that you think i'm doing something wrong or you think that i i need to be watched or monitored or anything like that i don't support that um and which is why I think the KGB is a, is a weird thing because it's this government agency that they decide who gets to be watched. They decide what information gets shared and it's up to their judgment what everybody else does. And I don't think that that's cool. Like I, I'm a, I'm an adult. I know what I think is right. And there are people who know me well and who know what I'm capable of and who know me for what I do who are able to call me out when I do something that I shouldn't be doing or can keep me accountable when I ask them to like, Hey, keep me accountable to this. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to eat this whole cake. Can you stop me? You know, sure. You know, if, if I'm halfway done, then, all right, you need to stop. That's fine. But yeah, the, when, when you start playing, like dictating what people can and can't do and can and can't say, I think you're crossing a line that you shouldn't be crossing. Yeah, and you start to cross the line into policing thought and that kind of thing. Right. So you know, like you, I, you want to control the flow of information. Yeah, you know, that hasn't done you much good up to this point. Yeah. You know, and we see that continually biting him in the keister. Sure. Yeah. It's like, well, who and who holds the holders accountable? Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because what we see is it's the people on the ground. It's it's the Alanas, the Legasofs that ultimately do that. Right. Speaking truth to power, if you will. Right. And they're not afraid of the consequences. They're not afraid of, you know, this big bad KGB that will silence whoever is saying things they don't want them to say. They're like, I don't care at this point. This has to be said whether you like it or not. And I'm telling you that it has to be told up to this point. Once we get past this and, you know, like past the state of emergency, that might change a little bit for sure. All right, speculation. Um, now that I've seen the KGB, <laughs> I'm a little worried about what's going to happen. Um, th- they're making progress uh, in contaminating uh, the disaster. They're making progress in fixing it. But I don't think they're going to make much progress in making sure it doesn't happen again. Because it seems like from the beginning, nobody wanted the truth to come out. And I'm sure they're going to try to protect their own uh, interests. 
And they don't want the rest of the world to know that, hey, maybe these reactors aren't really the safest things in the world, especially when we find out that the emergency shutdown didn't do its job. You know, that's not something that they want to get out. Yeah, that worries me a bit. Even though that's knowledge that everybody should have. We need to do something at all their other reactor plants. Like, okay, the emergency shutdown caused a catastrophic failure. Something's not right. Yeah. I think uh, kind of along those lines, I think we are going to get to the bottom of what actually happened. I hope so. I think think we're going to learn what happened. But what I'm concerned about is what's going to happen once every once the people that need to know know mm-hmm. are they going to do anything about it and mm-hmm. that's my concern is you know action versus we're, we're going to find out decades later that there's a bunch of these RBMK reactors out there that they haven't fixed whatever it was that the problem right, right. oh my goodness gracious can you imagine that would be terrible that would be terrifying no it is, and i think also to the, going circling back to our KGB friends I think some people are going to get disappeared by the end of this thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? I mean, Fomine and Brukhoff or whatever, the dudes the, that were in charge of the reactor, they're gone. We never yeah. going to see them again. But, you know, if they took Dyatlov out, that'd be okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be too upset. Well, we know from the first episode that he's fixing to go to prison for... Ever. A decade, <laughs> if he even lives that long. Yeah, yeah he, got a, he got a healthy dose of He was pretty sick. Yes, he was. Oh, so uh, if we forgot anything, you need to let us know. Um, we're not perfect, and we make mistakes. It's rare, but it does happen. Uh, you can do that in a couple of ways. You can do that on Twitter, and if to do that on Twitter, you need to follow us. So my Twitter is at RealJDLee. I am at Seal Adams. That's S-E-A-L-E-A-D-A-M-S. And you can always follow our network Twitter, at RecapFM. Also check out our website, Recap.FM. You can get on our mailing list. We're going to send you some cool information about podcasts that we're doing other tv shows we're about to cover giveaways things like that uh you'll want to be sure and tune into those because who doesn't love free stuff so recap.fm join our mailing list and also check out our other shows that we're doing we got a bunch of other podcasts uh already out and some new ones coming out all on some cool tv shows that everybody's gonna like so we're gonna finish up uh, Chernobyl here in the next couple of weeks. We've just got two episodes left, so we hope that you'll stick with us. Thanks for being with us so far, and until next episode, we will see you later. <laughs>